Well, good morning, church. Anybody excited to be here? Huh? All right. That's what I'm talking about. It's always good to have people that want to be in church. That always helps out, you know? That was a joke, but okay. Y'all going to be hard today. All right? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be. Um, I tell you, I, I think we often go through seasons like the weather. And uh, I think here lately my, my mood has been equal to the weather we've had. I've been, I'm not wet, but dreary. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just thankful to be in a season now where God's refreshing me. And I hope, to, I hope God's doing that in a lot of you guys. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Jeremy Lindsay. I'm the campus pastor here. And I get an opportunity to serve you guys. And um, sometimes I think uh, I take that for granted to realize that God's enabled me to be a part of, the, of, of y'all's lives and to be able to see you guys grow and change. And as I look back over the last two years to see what God's done in some of you guys' lives, man, it, it, it's, it's very awesome. It's very awesome. And, and so when we celebrate things of like people taking their next step, going through heart and soul, it's just people just saying, hey, I want to be a part of the mission. I want to be a part of the vision in which God's given this, this church, and we want to reach our community for Christ. And that's what we're here for. Amen. And so, um, as we've been going through this this, uh, this series, we got two more, one more Sunday after this one through the, called the Gospels. We go through Galatians. Um, this morning, we're going to take a slight turn, and we'll end back in Galatians 5. We're going to start in John chapter 4. Um, as I was preparing this week, God just kind of laid something on me, and we're going to go with it. Y'all good with that? I was going to go with it anyway, but we're going to go with it. When you get there, say amen. amen. All right. So John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 23, but this is at the end of the story where Jesus talks to the woman at the well. And, and he finds this woman that has been just, she's been exiled. She's been pushed away by everybody else. And she's been, she's, everybody's kind of said she wasn't good enough. Um, she's been trying to fill that hole in her heart through all these different different men and different relationships. And at the end, where she really sees Jesus and sees who he is, he says this to her. I'm going to back up in verse 22. He said, you Samaritans worship what you don't know. But we worship what we do know, for salvation is for the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Man, I tell you, when I read that this week, it just it made me realize one thing is that, that there is a genuine follower. There is a true follower. That's who he, he really seeks, those that are true and genuine, right? That's what it says. So those of us that are just trying to fake it till we make it, he don't really desire that. He wants us to be true. He wants us to be genuine. He wants us to be real. And man, I don't know how many. I, I want a true friend, don't you? I don't want nobody that's fake, that's just with me through the good times, and then when bad times hit, they're gone. How many of us treat God that way? We with him while everything's going great, but man, when the bad stuff hits, we forget him like he was to play. Or maybe it's the opposite way in your life. Maybe when everything's going good, you forget about God. But let one bad thing happen, and oh, God, come. 
And what, God, what, what, what Jesus is saying that he wants genuine, true worshipers that are want to worship him, not just in the truth, but in the spirit. And when as I began to read that, it just really spoke to me because we live in the South and, and we equate knowing Jesus by how much of the Bible we understand. We equate our relationship with God by how much Bible we read, how many Bible studies we've attended. God, I know when I first started following Jesus, it was, I was going to Bible studies two days a week. I was trying to just, I had to know, know, know. But let me tell you, you can know the word and not put it into practice, and it's useless. You know, and, and so he's saying true worshipers not only worship him in the spirit, but in the truth. And so as we read God's word, we get the truth of God's word. But we ask so many people, they just want to have this intellectual knowledge of God. They want to know theology and that all that stuff's great. But if you don't allow God's word to be moving and active in your life, then your knowledge is useless. And I want you to understand something. It's important that you understand this. You are responsible for what you know. Okay? Some of y'all are like, all right, I don't need to be here today. But you're responsible for what you know. God holds us responsible for what we know. If you know what's right and do wrong, then you're sinning against God. And we're held accountable for what we know. So, so many people go to church every Sunday and they can quote this book backwards and forwards, but their life does not reflect a godly life. They're going to be held accountable on a very strict judgment, a hard judgment. And it's very important that we understand that. One of the things that really spoke to me this week as I was studying was in 2 Peter, verse 20, says, If they have escaped the corruption of this world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were in the beginning. It would have better, it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then have to have turned their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of, of them, the proverb is true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow that is washed returns and wallow in the mud. What Peter's trying to tell us is that if we think we know the truth, but we don't, act, we, don't, we don't listen to it, we don't abide by God's word, then it's better off that we didn't know it because what we're saying is, God, I want to have fire insurance, but I don't want you to be the center of my life. And he's saying that he doesn't want people that way. He wants true worshipers that wants to worship him in spirit and in truth. Not just know the word. And see, we often get lopsided with our walk with God because it's all about what we know. And we may know what to do, but not really listen and obey God. I don't know how many teenagers know that sex before marriage is wrong, but guess what? They choose to disobey God and do what they want to. So in reality, what they're saying is, God, you're not the center of my life. I'm the center of my life, and I don't want to listen to what you have to say. I want to do what I want to do. I want to have my cake and eat it too. And what God's saying is, if that's you, then you're not a true worshiper of Jesus because if it's about what you want and not about what he wants, then who is the Lord of your life? Man, that's the reality we're falling in today. If we choose to live in a way outside of the will of God and outside of what God's word says, then the question is, are you true? Are you genuine? Are you real? 
And we can come in here and dress pretty, and I say that a lot, but that's the reality. So many people are fooled by, their, by, by, you know, by what they read or their church attendance, all this stuff, but yet their lives do not reflect what it truly looks like to be a true follower of Jesus. And see, we focus on, and it's easy to get caught up in that. I've known men that know that book backwards and forwards. I know men that have memorized 90% of the New Testament. I know men that know this book, but when you see them out in the world, you would not even know they even knew the name of Jesus because they think their knowledge puts them in the good graces of God. And but for you to know the truth and not put it into practice in your life, what God say, what he's saying is it's better that you didn't even know because you're held to a higher judgment. We're held accountable for what we know, right? So if that's the reality, then why don't we apply it in our lives? Why? You can't worship God just by knowing what to do or how to please God. You can't do it. You have to activate it in your life. And you don't have that desire in yourself. You don't want to, inside of you, your natural tendency is not to want to please God until you're filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Then that, there's something else in there that's saying, hey, take, take, take a right here, bro. Take a left. You know what I'm saying? It's something that's controlling your life before. The Holy Spirit what enables you to live a life by the truth of God's Word. So you can't live a life that pleases the God. You can't be a genuine, true follower of Jesus without the Holy Spirit. We talked about it last week, but I said so many of us want to, want to, be, want to, want to say, I, I serve God the Father and God the Son, and you want to leave out the Holy Spirit. But if you leave out the Holy Spirit, then you don't serve the God that I serve. You don't serve the true God because he's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so I think we have to realize that when we have to start when we, when we try to just read God's word and try to just listen to what it says instead of applying it to our lives, it's fruitless. How many people do you know that goes to church every Sunday, but their lives are fruitless? There's no evidence of change. There's no evidence of redemption. There's no evidence of, the, of desire. There's no passion. There's no, there's no love for Jesus. Have you, do you, do you, are you thinking about that? I was that person too, but I mean, when I think about that, it's so scary because people think that they can have knowledge and not be following Jesus and it'd be okay because I know what to do. I know what to do. And I want to understand something, that God gave us his word to set us free, right? He says that he came to get, so we could know the truth and the truth would set us free, right? So the truth of God's word only sets us free if we move on it. I can be in a jail cell with the door open, but until I walk out the cell, I'm still in prison. And so many people are still in bondage to them to sin, coming to church every Sunday because they're not, they're not walking in the faith they say they possess. They're not walking in, in in unity with the Holy Spirit. They're allowing themselves to control their lives, and they've got, they got God on the side. They're treating God like he's a like a mistress, like he's a girlfriend. How many of us treat God that way? He's not the sinner. He's just something we got as an accessory to our life. And we go to him when we don't have anything else to do. 
We go talk to him. We have nobody else to talk to. But he's not the one that is the center of our lives. So many of us know what to do and know how we should live and what God expects, but our daily lives does not validate what we say we believe. And we know. See, I was that kid. I don't know if you, some of you may have been that kid when you, were, when you were little. Is My daddy would say, when I did something wrong, my daddy would say, son, like I remember cutting grass. I hated cutting grass as a kid. No, I would leave strips. Because daddy had a lawnmower that was like wide as one of these little things, and it took me seven hours to cut the grass. It was ridiculous. But anyhow, I, daddy would say, son, you left a strip right there. And I'd say, I know. Jeremy did this wrong. I, I know. Kids that do that now make me mad. But I remember when my daddy, he would say, well, son, if you knew, then why didn't you do it? You know what happened? Silence. Got me, because I didn't know. And so the reality is, either you know God or you don't know God. Either you're walking with God or you're not walking with God. And to not walk with him means not to know him. It's black and white. And so the reality is to be apart from being led by the Spirit of God, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead our lives, then we don't know the God we say we know. And that's, it's important here because we grew up, all of us have grown up where we've treated the Holy Spirit like he's the redhead stepchild of the Trinity, and he is one of the most influential parts of the Trinity in our lives because he enables us to please God. Him in us helps us walk this out, and it's so important. So the Holy Spirit, when we yielded to him, it allows us not only to understand the truth, but to walk it out. I remember before I truly was saved that I knew what the Bible said. But I didn't care about implementing my life. And I couldn't. I always kept modifying my behavior. And, if I, and I would modify it for so long, and then I'd go back to the old me. Anybody, anybody can, can I get a witness in here? You know what I'm saying? And eventually, you get tired of modifying your behavior because you can only do that. But when I started, when I truly surrendered my life to God and I started allowing the Holy Spirit change me, guess what? He took care of my behavior. He changed me. He, he motivated me to want to please him because I seen what he had done in my life. See, to know the truth is to experience the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one makes it to the Father except through me. If he's the way, the truth, and the life, then the only way is to know Jesus and to walk in accordance to his spirit that he gave us. See, that's why he died on the cross, so that when he died, not only so we could have salvation, but so that he could give us his spirit so that we could walk and please God. Man, how awesome is that? Some of y'all need to smile a little bit. Man, that's exact news. That we get, God gave us his spirit so that we could, man, we could please him. Apart from that, some of y'all act like y'all please God every day. Come on now. That's just reality. I mean, so it's through the ministry of the Holy Spirit that in our lives that we can put into practice what we know is the truth of God's Word. Right? That's the reality of it. So, so the evidence of the Holy Spirit in our life, they call it something in the Bible. It's called fruit. It's called fruit. Jesus says that make a tree good and the fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and the fruit will be bad. He also says that a tree is known by its fruit. Okay? So if you, you see a tree out there and there's no fruit on it, you don't know what kind of tree it is. But if it's got apples, you know it's an apple tree, right? 
if you see oranges on it, you know it's an orange tree. You, you, you recognize it by the fruit of what's on the outside, what it's producing. And so the fruit of, of the Spirit should be evident inside of us. If we are filled with the Spirit, there should be fruit showing us, hey, I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. I am driven by the Holy Spirit. I am a true child of God. I am a true, genuine worshiper because I'm being led by the Spirit that is inside of me. Galatians 5. Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says, Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoked, and envy each other. A tree is known by its fruit. I love this when he says, but the fruit. It makes you understand if we are truly Christians, if a tree is known by its fruit, then we should possess these things, right? That's what the word's saying, right? We should, we should, our life should show these things. It's not maybe. It's not if, if, the season, if, if, it's, if it's the right season. It's, it, we should possess those things. When people see us, we should have this kind of fruit hanging off of us. How different would, would, you, would your life look if you actually honestly possessed these things? So if you don't possess these things, the question is I'm asking you is, where is your, where's your life, where's your walk with God? Where, where, where are you in that? So many Christians claim the Lord, claim Jesus as the Lord of our life, but there's very little fruit to show that there's evidence of that. And the reality is that, and if you don't possess fruit of the Spirit, then the question is, are you being led by the Spirit? You may know the Word, but if there's no fruit of that, then you're not walking in the faith that you say you know. That making sense? They're looking at me like I'm speaking Egyptian over here. The rea- that's the reality of that. And so many of us just claim that. You, you can't possess these qualities just by knowing what to do. you got to walk in it. And that's what Paul was saying in this. The Holy Spirit enables us to overcome the flesh. See, so many of us, the reason there's no fruit of the Spirit is because we haven't walked away from the flesh. We haven't walked away from the old me. We want to keep the old me because that's comfortable. Come on, you with me? We want to keep it because it's comfortable, because it's easy. We don't want to walk in the newness of a relationship with Christ. We don't want to walk in, in, in with the Spirit because the Spirit, people look at you a little crazy because you're different than everybody else. But you can't be going in the same direction that everybody else is going and be going with God. And so the, so the, the list on verse 19, he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. And there's a long list there, and I'm not going to call them out, but it says the acts of the flesh, the, the fruit of the flesh is obvious. And in that list there, it's a list of things. He says sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, envy, drunkenness. I mean, he makes a big list, and all those lists are things that gratify me. It's about me. 
I'm angry because you offended me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an adulterer because I want my feelings. I want, it's about how I feel. It's, it's, it's those things. It's about me. And see, Satan wants your life to be focused on you. Satan wants you to think that you're number one. Satan wants you to think that you're the most important being on this planet. And when our life is about me, guess what? who it's not about? Jesus. And it's evident because it, those, you have those fruits in your life. See, but the list that God gives, those lists, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, those are things that give life. You give love to someone else. You give people the benefit of doubt. You give that forbearance. You, you put up with people. Y'all with me in that? See, see Satan's all about taking and being about you, and God's all about giving. And so we have to realize those things because when our life is about me, it's all about take, take, take. This is what I deserve. This is what I desire. When it's all about Jesus, it's I want to give. I want to give people the benefit of that. I want to give you the love. I want to give you compassion. I want to be a, I want to be, I want to have self-control so I don't jump out and, and lash out on you. But see, you can't alone produce those fruits. It won't happen. You can modify your behavior enough. You can put up with somebody's drama enough, but eventually you're going to crack. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how patient you are. But see, only through the ministry of the Holy Spirit is in which we can bring God glory and he can, we can produce that fruit that he's calling us to give. And see, only through somebody that's walking in step with the Spirit can bring glory to God through the fruit of your life. See, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Verse 24 says, Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires. Only through submission to the Holy Spirit can you crucify the, the old you. Only through submission. That means every day. What does Jesus say? That you take up your cross and follow me daily. Not on Sunday. Not on Monday, not every day. Huh? Not this one time in 1976 when I raised my hand and told Jesus that I want him to be my friend. No, that wasn't it. It's every day you got to crucify yourself and walk with him. Every day. And that's the only way that we can crucify the flesh is every day. You got to be intentional. Every day you get up in the morning and you say, I choose you, Jesus. Not, not I want me. Not God, I, I want your afterthought. It's God, I want you today. Tomorrow, I want you today. It's choosing him every day, influenced by the Holy Spirit moving in your life. That's the only way you can choose Jesus. I wake up in the morning, and some mornings, I'm not thinking about God. I'm thinking about my day. But then there's some mornings, the first thing I think about, I start praying, don't even know why. And it's evidence to me. Of the days that I walk up empowered by the Spirit and the days that I allow my flesh to take over. And you know what I have to do? I have to, intentional, I have to intentionally, when I start thinking about my day and getting all anxious, I have to back up and be like, all right, God, this is the day about you and not about me. So you make it what you want to make it. See, guys, we got to start surrendering ourselves. If we're going to be true worshipers of God, we can't just know the truth. we got to walk in it. Amen? And that's by listening to the Spirit and doing what He says every single day. When we do that, when we submit every day, we're practicing, we're practicing the lordship of Jesus Christ as being the Lord of our life. 
Every morning we're getting up and we're taking off ourselves and we're putting on Jesus every single day. It's got to be intentional. It just don't happen. Fruit takes work, right? James says faith without works is dead. We have to be walking and be intentional with following Jesus so that we can produce the fruit. Our lives are producing the fruit that glorifies God. Verse 25 says, since, boy, y'all need to underline this one. This was good. Y'all ready? Since we live, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit. It didn't say visit. It didn't say visit. It said since we live by the Spirit. That's, that's, that's total dependency. That's total submission. Only by total submission to God can we live by the Spirit. Every day, choosing Jesus. And it's crazy because our lives, I want to ask you a question. Is there anything that you do on a daily day basis that, that your livelihood depends on if God moves? See, we, we, we are in, we're so blessed to live what we live, but it's also a tragedy to our walk with God because most of us could do our daily activities without God. I was telling Sabrina last night, we were, I was sitting there and I was making me a sandwich and I I got through making it, and it was just like, you know what? We are so spoiled because I just got bread, and I got meat out of the refrigerator, and I made me a sandwich. And there's people right now that are praying for the next meal. We got food to last us for six months if we wanted it to last us six months. We are so blessed, and that blessing sometimes becomes a curse because we forget that God even gave us those things. We're not appreciative of the things he gave us. But God wants us to be people led by the Spirit. The only way that happens, if you have to put off that self-reliance mode that we all walk in, and we got to say, God, I need you today. I want you to show me today. I want you to give me that next step. I want you to show me where I need to go. And y'all look at me like I'm, like I'm being silly, but the reality is I can't even walk without him holding my hand. Y'all with me? And so he, we should be that self-reliant. Saying, God, I need you today. God, show me what to say to this coworker that's a pain in my butt. God, show me how to talk to this boss. God, God, what am I? Do you, do you want me to take this job? How many of you asked God if He wanted you to take this position? Most of you look at the money and don't look at God. You know what I'm saying? It's like, God, do you want me here? Do you want me there? God, you, God, can I go to the grocery store? I mean, have you even talked to Him about stuff like that? Is He the center of your life? That's total submission, folks. That's what He demands. People that are living by the Spirit are walking in accordance with God. And when you're walking with the Spirit, He tells you to do crazy things. You want to go right, and He's like, take a left. I want you to go talk to this person. I want you to go help that person. I just want you to just drive because I'd see if you don't obey me right now. You know what I'm saying? But it's are you, we were submitted to the Spirit. And, and what He says is to keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. Come on. He didn't say keep in the vicinity. He didn't say look to it. He said keep in step with it, step by step. You know what I thought I got to think about? When I was a kid, I idolized my daddy. I was Payson's age. I looked at my daddy as if he hung the moon. I still do with a lot of aspects. But you know what? I, I remember walking in the woods hunting with my daddy. He would be walking. You know what I'd do? I'd try my best. When his foot got off the ground, my foot was under his. It was just like, whew, you ain't leaving me behind, Daddy. Uh-uh, I was scared to death. My daddy would play a prank on you in a heartbeat. And he left me in the woods one time, and I wasn't happening again. 
But I'm walking step by step, right behind him, right behind him. You know what happens when you're walking in step with somebody? You are not paying attention to the surroundings. You're so worried about that next step. You're focusing on that next step. You're walking, taking that next step. So many of us are so worried about everything going on around us because we're not looking to the next step. We're walking led by the Spirit. We're looking at what we're doing on our own. See, if you're walking in step with the Spirit, you don't have time to look what your neighbor's doing because you're focusing on where God's going. And when we're walking in according to our own steps, we're looking around at the scenery. We ain't got time to look at what's going on around us. We got to be focusing on God. And total submission to the Spirit means that you're walking every day focused on where God's going and where he's leading you. The reality is when we're truly focused on God, it don't matter if we're going through the mountaintop or going through the valley. You don't know because you're being led by the Spirit. So you're unshakable. You're unmovable. There's no way that nothing's going to shake you because you're focused on where God's leading you every single day. Man, that's powerful. And if you really think about that, that's why so many of us don't have joy because we're looking at everything around us instead of looking to God to give us that joy. Because when you were walking with him every single day, listening to what he says, doing the things he tells us to do, man, we have joy unspeakable because we're not looking at the situation. We're not looking at our surroundings. We don't care because we've got God walking with us every day. See, that's what he's talking about, total dependency upon him. See, when we're walking in step with the Spirit, there's fruit that's evident there. There's evidence. It's evidence. And it, and it it should show you that you're walking in step. Uh, something that when we're writing, writing the curriculum for Connect Group that really stepped, spoke to me, I'll read this to you, but it says fruit is to be eaten, not admired. And so many of us think that our growth is for us to see how great we are. And the reality is when we grow and we start having joy and peace, it is for you to know that you're growing, but it's not just for you. It's for other people to see the fruit in your life. And when they see that, See, fruit's to be eaten. Other people see the fruit in your life and they're like, what? Stephen, what you got that I don't have, brother? I seen you go through that issue. I think you go through that problem and you're unshakable, brother. What happened to that? They see the fruit in your life and they want to have what you have because you're walking instead with the Spirit. And if nobody walks up to you and says, what you got that I don't, then the question is, you probably don't have nothing they don't have. See, the reality is that the fruit of the Spirit is, 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 is supposed to be shown on this place for people to see that you're following Christ and there's a different way and there's and it gives God glory. When you're walking in the middle of hell and you got it well you got a smile on your face and joy in your heart, it's showing people that you got something they ain't got. There's something greater than what they have. So why are so many Christians a bunch of Debbie Downers? Why are so many Christians bitter and hateful people? Because we're not walking instead with the Spirit. We know what to do, but we're not allowing the God to do it in us. So the reality is we are rotten fruit. The reality is we're not genuine true worshipers. And he don't want that. See, to say that we are godly and not have the fruit that shows it, we're lying to ourselves. So it's through the fruit of a life that is led by the Spirit that brings glory to God, not just the knowledge. And there's a lot of you need to get hold of that this morning. It's not about what you know. It's about who's leading you. 
Could you honestly say that your life could be characterized as a man or woman that is led by the Holy Spirit? Is that, is that, some of you asking me right now, how, how do I do that? How do I do that? I want to ask you a question. Do you really want to do that? Because if you really want to be a man or woman that's led by the Spirit, then you got to be okay with not being comfortable. You got to be okay with not calling the shots of your life. You got to be okay with stepping out when it don't feel right. Because you know what? You're not in control. He is. So we often say, I want more of that. But we're saying that out of emotion and not out of true desire. And God don't want your emotion. He wants your heart. So could you say with your true heart that you want more of God? You want to experience him. You want to have that fruit in your life. You want to be that true, genuine worshiper that not only knows the word, but you're walking in the word. See, I found a great, great, great problem in my heart a ways back. It's that I knew what to do. I knew God's word. But I often didn't have the heart to want to do it. And the reality was I didn't love Jesus like I said I did. Oh, I went to Bible study. Oh, I, I prayed for people. I had a prayer journal. But yet, my heart was all about what made me right, what made me comfortable, what made me happy. And I couldn't give a rip about what God wanted. Because even though I knew the Word of God, I had never been really set free from myself. And so many of you in this room are still captivated by your own kingdom. And He's not the Lord of your life. You're not a man or a woman that's been led by the Spirit. You're a man or woman that's led by your own desires. And yet you go by the Spirit when it's convenient. You're not truly hungry for more of God. You don't wake up in the morning wanting Him more. You don't wake up in the morning desiring Him more. You don't wake up in the morning saying, God, I just want to hear your voice today. See, a man or woman is led by the Spirit of the man or woman that just so desires to be pleasing to God that they're willing to do anything. To please the God that loved them enough to send Jesus down here to die so that we can have access to salvation. So that we could have his spirit inside of us. To, he loved us so much that he could put his spirit in us to help us walk this out. So that we wouldn't do this by ourselves. And for us to sit there and on our butts every week and reject God and say, I don't want to praise him. I don't want to move. I, I'm okay with where I am. It's just saying that I'm okay with the knowledge I know, but I don't want to walk by your spirit. And he's not pleased with that. And if that's you today, he's not pleased with you. Because it says he comes for true worshipers that wants to worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you're not willing to surrender your life to the Holy Spirit's leading your life, then you, aren't, you don't have the God that I have. You don't know the God that I know. And your sense of salvation is false. Because you can't just have a little bit of God. It's all or nothing, amen? See, what I love about God's word is how it's intertwined and man it's true through all different all different things and, and how it just works together but I remember so many of us are like the rich young ruler y'all remember the story in Matthew to where he, he 
He came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I've kept the law. I've kept every single law since I was a child. I know he knew the word. I've kept it. What else must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus knew his heart because he truly wasn't sold out. He was keeping the rules, but his heart was not truly wanting to be led by God. And Jesus says, if you want to know me, there's one thing that you lack. He says, sell all your possessions and give them to the poor and then come be my disciple. Because he knew that his possessions, he loved more than God. And so when we hold on to ourselves, it says, God, I want me more than you. When we hold on to our comfortability, we're saying that, God, this is more important than you. When we're not allowing God to lead us by his hand and by his spirit, then we're saying that, God, I'm more important than you. And he's the God of the universe. Who are we to say that to God? But yet we act like he owes us salvation, but yet we don't want to walk with him. And he's saying that people that are truly worshipers of him are people that walk step by step, day by day, truly submitted to the spirit of the living God. That's a hard truth, guys. But that's the reality of who we serve. See, I think what so many people need to realize is God don't want a piece of your life. God wants all of your life because he gave all of his for you. We can't just have our cake and eat it too. We can't have that Christianity. You know why the church is in the place it's in right now? Because people with that same mindset that I can live an unholy life but pursue a holy God. Romans 3.23 says, For we all fall short of the glory of God. No doubt we all fall short, but it don't say we all live short. We're going to fall short every now and then. But if you're living in a constant way in rebellion against God, you're not a man or a woman that's led by His Spirit. And God said He wants true worshipers. He wants Him spirit and in truth. See, we can't be people that are they claim to be, to be led by God if we're not allowing the Spirit to lead our lives. So I want to ask you a question. Judging the fruit, where are you at today? Judging the fruit of your life, not what people say, but judging by the fruit of your life, could, could, could you honestly stand before holy God right now and say, God, by the fruit of my life, I am a man or woman that's led by your Spirit. Can you say that? Can you say that, God, I am in total submission to you because that's what he wants. He don't want people to say, God, no, uh, 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 I read the Bible every day. Oh, God, I prayed for all these people. He says, Jesus says to these people, he says, even in the last days, people will cry out to me, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? God, didn't I heal in your name? Didn't I do all these things in your name? And he says, depart from me. I never knew you because people were after what they could gain from Jesus instead of gaining Jesus. And people that are led by the Spirit are people that are so intoxicated, love, in, oh, I can't even get it out. They are so in love with Jesus that they're just intoxicated by his presence. They want to be with him every single day. He is more gratifying than anything the flesh can offer. And so they want him to lead their life. They're walking step by step. Is your life categorized as a man or woman that is, man, when Jesus picks his foot up, you're right there. Or do you stand back and you let him get so far off you can barely see him? And you say, I, I don't feel God. I don't feel his spirit. 
I don't feel these things. And you have to run to catch up. He wants people that are walking in step with him. So are you a step by step following Jesus? And if not, what in the world is going on with your life? What have you not yield? What are you yielding to right now? What have you not yielded to? What have you not given to God? What is more important to you than being led by Jesus? Because that's where the rubber meets the road at. It's not that I want God and, and, and this on the other side. It's either him or nothing, church. And us as the church got to understand that. It's either you're going to be walking by the knowledge of, of him and his spirit, or you're not walking with him at all. He wants people that are walking step by step, not just coming to church on Sunday. And he put this on my heart so hard this week because we have a pile of people that come to church. We have a bunch of people that go through Connect Group. We have a bunch of people that show up every week, but it's all about the show and it's not about the pursuit. You know why? Because God's not changing our life. There's no fruit there. And if there's no fruit there, then you need to ask yourself, I'm not going to put judgment on you. You're doing that good enough yourself. How are you walking based on the knowledge that you have? And we say this all the time, but if God came back right now, what would you say? The question is, I have to ask myself that every day. Because that's what drives me. I'm looking for eternity, baby. I'm not looking for right now. I'm looking for the one day when I open my, my eyes and Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm looking for that day when I ain't got to worry about the junk of this world. I ain't got to worry about paying bills. Can I get an amen? I ain't got to worry about the stress of my brother or my sister worry about what I think of them. I ain't got to worry about the drama that's been brought on by this person or that person. All I got to worry about is looking to Jesus and God, I want to please you with my whole life because when I get to heaven, who praise God, none of this crap's going to be here. Are you a man or woman driven by the Spirit? Are you a man or woman that when God looks at you, He says, that is a genuine, true follower. They love me, they know me, and they follow me. If you can't say yes, and that's what this altar is here for. If you will stand. If you don't know Jesus and you need to surrender your life to him, I'll be over here in the corner. We'll pray. I'll be glad, glad, glad to pray with you. You got stuff going on in your life you need special prayer for? I'll be in the corner over here. But y'all, let's do business with God. Let's be people led by the Spirit. Father God, we come to you right now. God, as we close out, God, often I'm convicted of saying I, I didn't close it right. I didn't do this right. But, God, your spirit's leading us. And, God, I know that you're moving in the hearts of these people. And, God, because you're moving in mine. God, I pray that you would just, uh, God, you would stir in us, Lord. Make us remember the times we've, this week, God, when we've walked without you. That we've, God, I pray that you would just move in us, Lord. Make us understand and realize where we truly are, God. Where the fruit of our life shows where our hearts are. Are we people that are truly walking in step with you every day? Are we people that are driven to please you? Are we people that are just so grateful for what you've done for us that we are willing to go to great lengths to please you, God? Holy Spirit, I ask you to just blow our minds with the awareness of who you are. God, I pray for the people in this room right now that are hard-hearted, that's been telling you no for 20 years. It's been that know your word, but they ain't, there's no fruit showing they know you or love you. God, I pray you would change their hearts this morning. 
God, I pray for the people that have just been coming and they got caught up in just going through the motions. And, Lord, their relationship with you is passive. And, God, there's no real change going on. They're kind of stuck. I pray, God, that you would speak to them in this moment. And, God, you would free them. And, God, you would show them what their next step is. And, God, I pray for your people in this room right now. That, God, they've been walking with you, but, God, they want more. And, God, I pray that you would energize them. You would encourage them. God, you would show them the next step. And, God, you would just continue to, to God, show them that you will never leave them nor forsake them. Father, I ask you to move in a powerful way and God change us to God so that we can change the world around us. And it's in your name I ask and pray these things.